Hi, it's Randy G with the Holistic Health Hotline. We're going to talk about health care reform again today because that's the thing on the Obama agenda and uh, it's, of course, going to cost us another trillion dollars or more. And, and, and really a lot more than what people are even hearing, um, because people aren't hearing everything that's going on, as usual, this transparent and open administration that we have. Uh, I'm right back to the beginning where I was months or maybe years ago already with, with Get Educated. Stop listening to the propaganda channels. You know, when revolutions happened in, uh, Cuba and China and, and the old Soviet Union when it was USSR, one of the very first things you do when you, when you have a revolution to take over the country is you control certain things. One of the things that you control is the media. Um, whether it's newspapers or television or whatever. When, when, um, when I was down in Chile, uh, after the coup, I actually rescued some people from Chile and, uh, and it cost me a lot of money and almost cost me my life, but I got them out. But the, but the point is, you only had three channels on the television and they were the channels that the government wanted you to listen to. <laughs> um, now we couldn't do that so openly and, and blatantly in the United States because people would say, I'm paying for this cable or dish or, or network service and I'm not getting on my, my channels. So what they did instead was co-opted, um, certain stations, certain channels, and put them in bed with the administration and said, this is, you know, th this is who we are. And they, and they all went along with that because, you know, if I owned a TV station and I was corrupt, um, and wanted a certain agenda to be pushed through uh, uh, my country, I would make sure that all of my people did what I told them to do and report on what I told them they could report on. And if you don't think that happens, reporters don't just have this freelance availability to just go talk about whatever they want and go cover whatever stories they want. This goes through the main channels, uh, the main bosses, you know, and they say, no, we're not going there and we're not going from that angle, we're not going to do it from that angle and we're not going to talk about that, we're not going to talk about him or her or this or that, or we're not going to cover that, we're covering this instead. And and that's what's happened with a couple of the mainstream stations is they, they're, they're really propaganda stations. They They push the agenda of the group that wants to take over the country. Now, before all of you turn this off and say, oh, it's another one of those things about, you know, how bad it is and it's, and, and we're not giving anybody a chance, just back up. Okay, there's a whole lot of stuff that's been going on that people aren't even aware of. Alright, we have the new health care reform, uh, stuff going on and two days ago Obama said that health care reformers, health care people promised two trillion dollars worth in savings and then he said, and I'm going to hold you to it. Well, first of all, the $2 trillion in savings was based on uh, what they said, what the healthcare people said was doing things more efficiently. Okay? All right. This is the beginning of the propaganda push so that we'll spend another trillion dollars on this. So so be ready for it. And And you need to be telling people, not just your friends and email people, things like that, but you need to be harassing the heck out of your congressmen and and, and uh senators and local authorities so that they'll harass the federal government to stop what's happening because we are losing our freedom. Every minute of every day we are losing our freedom and, and people are sitting back and waiting to see what happens, which is how we've been trained. Okay. Um, what's happening with this, with this trillion dollars and two trillion dollars is 
You've heard of, of a company called General Electric, one of the most now corrupt corrupt companies in in the country, unfortunately. I used to love GE. You know, the commercials used to say, GE, we bring good things to life and all that stuff, and it, and it was true. They did a lot of things um, with electricity that allowed us to have many of the things that we have today. But, but once the CEOs changed and the board changed, um, so that everything else changed, just like a lot of things changed in corporate America. Um, but anyway, so GE gave a lot of campaign contributions to the Democratic Party, especially to Barack Obama, and now has commercials out, which have been out prior to these announcements, so so you know it was all coordinated, um, talking about health imagination, where GE will provide for the government um, massive database building in all the hospitals and regions in the country so that all of your information is on a computer, which is what Obama said he wanted to do. Now, they've started the commercials, but they haven't been doing details. They're just trying to get you excited. Look what they're doing. You know, these wonderful imaginative things to make sure that there are no more errors when people walk into an emergency room or go to the doctor because more than 100,000 people a year die because of medical error. Uh, another 160,000 people die because of prescription errors. Um, so we could save 260,000 lives if they say, if we put all of these, all this information on big database machines, big, big computers, you know, uh, major, major database stuff. But it won't just be your prescriptions and, and what you, and what operations you had. It'll be every bit of information they can possibly get. So anyway, so GE's gonna do this. Now, there's two arguments. One of them is good. Then, then when we, you know, go to Walgreens, or CVS or wherever, they know everything has gone on so there won't be any more prescription mistakes. Yes, there will. And when we check into a hospital in Arizona, as we're traveling across country from New York, um, they can access the computer and know our, our medical history. That is a good thing. Okay? They'll also know every everything else about you. But here's the point. Tom Dasher was supposed to be the Secretary of Health and Human Services, but of course he backed out very nicely when they found tax problems, which he is one of nine people who have had tax problems <laughs> under the Obama appointees. Um, okay, and he backed out and he smiled and said, okay, I won't do this, because he went directly to the Board of Directors of the system that is dealing with General Electric to do all of the healthcare database reform for which the government will pay more than a trillion dollars <laughs> so that supposedly two trillion dollars will be saved because of more efficiency okay so so hmm, as two trillion dollars but not immediately as two trillion dollars over the course of the uh, 20 years or um, till 2027 or something like that so it's going to cost us another trillion dollars to give GE more money, which is really payback for the money that they gave to the campaign to get these people elected so that they could get the contracts without any bidding whatsoever um, to handle your health care reform. And, and, and what kind of reform is that? So the health care providers say, we can save you $2 trillion by being more efficient, and, and that comes out in the in the news. And then all of us as Americans say, wow, the GE is going to do this thing. That will make it more efficient. That will save us $2, $2 trillion in health care costs. It's not going to save you a thing. 
Okay, it's going to cost you tax dollars is what's going to happen because somebody has to pay for the trillion dollars that's going into um, paying back GE. And who do you think that is? So what you'll see if you're a working person. Now, now there is a big difference in this country now between working people and non-working people. And it isn't the people who lost their jobs because of the recession that I'm talking about. It's the ones who never want to work anyway or have never worked. And, and decided that they shouldn't have to work. <laughs> All those kinds of people. Now they're not gonna, they're not gonna suffer too much because they don't get taxed. Because they don't have a paycheck. But those of you who have paychecks, you're gonna see taxation on your healthcare benefits. <clears throat> now, those of you who think that you're gonna get across with Medicaid and Medicare, think again. Because simultaneously with all of these things going on with health care reform, what you heard about yesterday was that Medicare is almost insolvent. That means anybody over 65, forget it. Forget about having health care. Um, and that means that Medicaid will probably get funded for a while because we want to take care of the poor people and forget about the old people. All right. And Social Security is also going to be insolvent. Uh, within the next seven years, which means that all the people who work to build this country and make it a great country for the last 50 or 60 years of their lives will get nothing back from what they gave the government and loaned the government to do with whatever they wanted to do with um, so that there's no more Social Security payments for when you get old. Now, Tom Daschle, back to him, said several months ago, um, as he was being appointed and then not appointed, Health and Human Services Secretary, which he always wanted to be because he's such a good lobbyist with all of these uh, pharmaceutical and healthcare companies, said, well, you know, one of the things that could save a lot of money is people over 55 should stop trying to cure all their pains and problems. They should learn to live with them. Um, unfortunately, and, and I know you all won't believe this, but this has been on the minds of the elite 200 from Bilderberg and other places who say we have a major problem with too much population in this world, uh, too many people to feed, and not enough to go around. So one of the things we need to do is eliminate a good third of this population. Well, that's one way to do it. You take everybody who's over 55 and you don't allow them to get prescription drugs or go to the doctor because their pains and aches and miseries are not covered under nationalist um Healthcare. And that's what nationalizing healthcare and socializing healthcare does. When you have these massive databases, and I go check in and say, all of a sudden, I've got um, pain and swelling in my legs and hands, and it's incredible pain and debilitating, and they look it up and say, well, you're such and such an age, and that's normal, so that's not covered, so therefore you can't see a doctor and you can't receive medications, and you're not covered for any kind of, 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 uh, um, assistance whatsoever. So you don't have Medicaid, Medicare, or, or copay or anything else. If you want to go pay a doctor to look at you, um, you know, several thousand dollars at a time, that's fine if you have the money. However, you won't have the money because if you had that kind of money, you're being, you're going to be taxed with the new tax rates up to 36 to 47 percent. Um, if you make less than right now, $225,000 a year. Well, that's going to go down even more. Okay, that's that's probably going to go down to 100,000 before the the um, even before the fall. And then it's going to go down even below that. So where where you can't tax everybody who makes more than $225,000 a year at half of their pay rate, half of their income 
and pay off any of the debt that we're accruing. So they have to find, they have to lower this and go to people who make 50 or 60 or 70 thousand dollars a year. So if you think you're not going to get taxed, I mean, get out of the wonderland and, and, um, as, as people were saying during the campaign, get off the Kool-Aid. They're also going to be taxing your Kool-Aid. So, you know, and your, and your sodas and soft drinks and things like that because he wants to get rid of the fat. Well, Okay, that started in New York was with um, actually with Elliot Spitzer who said let's go tax diet sodas or let's go tax sodas and not tax diet sodas, and they started putting tax on Pepsi's and Cokes and and Sprites and all those things. But if you if you ingested aspartame, which is in the diet sodas, you're okay. Which and aspartame actually makes you fatter. It actually lets you gain weight, um, which is another one of those things that the the drug companies and and corporations have done via propaganda to teach you the wrong things and and you believe them you went out there and and ordered you know your big mac and your double fries and then a diet coke or a diet pepsi and said you know you're you're trying to cut back on calories aspartame if you read book two of forget the cures find the cause you can read all about aspartame and what it does to your body and and to your uh, the systems in your body that handle sugars and fat contents and all those things and, and what it does to your brain. Okay. Um, so you're going to get taxed and uh, it, it, you won't be saving anything on your health care for all of you who voted for Obama. And I saw many, many films on this where people said, I won't have to pay for health care anymore because it'll be socialized medicine. Oh, my God. Please go look and do the research because... People who are in a socialized medicine country are dying because they're not covered for a specific illness. They're too old to be covered for that illness. They're in the wrong place, in the wrong state to be covered for that illness. They have to wait in lines or for years for a specific um, illness to be taken care of because of uh, the lines ahead of them that are much more important. You know, so you can't get a doctor if you, even if you have money, you can't find a doctor. Um, and people are dying and, and, and being sick and staying sick. Um, I don't want socialized medicine. I don't want the healthcare system the way it is today, but I don't want socialized medicine either. I mean, let's, let's not go pegging the meter all the way to the left thinking that we're, you know, doing something good because whenever you go totally radical on one wing, you're gonna crash. And I've said that many times. You need two wings to soar. You need balance. You need an understanding of both sides, the yin and yang, the up and down, the black and white, the in and out, whatever. You need to understand all that. And and people are not. They're just going along with this hypno- hypnosis. I think I think half the country is hypnotized. I truly do. Um, you want to know what's going to save money in healthcare is we are first, because if you start taking responsibility for your own health and you start doing what you need to do to take care of you and your family that spreads that's the hundred monkey principle you know you start doing things and people find out what you're doing and they do it too and it's and it's considered alternative because it's not the headset it's not the education of i have the sniffles take me to the doctor you know i fell on um i fell off my bike and scraped my knee take me to the hospital we didn't do that in 50s and 60s and 70s. We didn't do that. We didn't run to doctors every time we had a little sniffle. We went to mom or grandma or, you know, or the next door neighbor or whatever. We went somewhere and into our own selves and said, it's not so bad and I'm, you know, I'll just make sure it's clean and I'll make sure that there's no, 
um, bacteria in it and I'll keep it clean and it'll be all better and it'll heal because God made me able to heal. So we got into this headset over the 70s especially, into the 80s and the 90s, and now, now, if you have a child, you know as a parent that because you're so busy and because you don't have time to find out what's really going on with your child or, or with health, your kid starts um, having breathing problems or anxiety attacks or whatever and you run to the doctor and they can put on medication. You know that kids between the ages 11 and 14... Uh, 17% of those children are on ADHD medicine. That's just between the ages of 11 and 14. 9% of the same age are on antidepressants. And 4% are on anti-anxiety medications. That's a quarter of our children, and that's just on that study, a quarter of our children who are on very intense medications. For what? Because they're anxious and nervous and upset and and um, can't concentrate and uh, oh anything else that you can think of. Well, first of all, get them off, <laughs> get them off the aspartame. <laughs> That's a good start. Start there. Start with the diet. Start with what kids are eating and what you're eating, what you're drinking, your drinking water. Right back to that again. Get away from the inoculations and the vaccines that are causing. Oh, all kinds of brain chemistry problems that, that may not show up immediately, often do. They will often kill children and adults, but uh, may not show up immediately, but may show up 30 years later. What are you doing to your kids? And what are you, and look at what's going on with our kids anyway. They're out shooting other kids. And then we've got the parents who are also on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine and Viagra because we want to make sure that we can screw for four or five hours at a time because women are giving away their bodies as if they weren't worth anything all over the world. Okay, so we have all of that going on and, and guess what? Then a little economic stuff starts happening or a little political stuff starts happening and the fathers and the mothers are going out and who do they take it out on? Their kids. And then they kill themselves because they can't deal with anything. They can't handle it. They can't cope. They don't know how to take the stress. Well, we were meant to take stress. That's why we're born. This is a gift. Life is a gift. But the birthing process is a tough one. I mean, you come down that canal and that's the most stress you're ever going to go through is becoming a human being. And you learned to cope with it. Not by thinking just by allowing and going from the soul. Big difference. And that, and death is a payment for the life that you live. It's not something that you are in charge of. It's something that your maker is in charge of and says, you know what? You paid your dues or you've done all you should do or, or you've done everything you came here for. Come on home. But you don't choose that. You don't choose suicide and to kill other people. Um... Anyway, so healthcare reform is going to be on the agenda and you all need to get informed about what that means because it is, there's stuff going on behind the scenes and it's coming out in little bits but nobody understands what they're hearing. They think Obama's this great crusader because he's saying, I'm going to hold you to your promise of two trillion dollars in savings. Who's holding him to his promise of not causing trillions of dollars in spending in the first place? We wouldn't have to worry about that, would we? Okay, so if we take charge of our own healthcare, and start learning how to eat right, 
drink right, exercise, stretch, teach our children the same things. Um, and using natural herbal or plant, vegetable, fruit, remedies, using things like apple cider vinegar to balance the, the pH in your body, baking soda to alkalize your body in a bathtub, okay? If you have very acidic water that you're, you're bathing in, then take a bath once a week and with a couple cups of baking soda in the water and, and bring down the acids, bring out the acids that are in your body because disease lives in acid, not in alkaline conditions. Um, simple little things that, that people several generations ago knew you know, when people first came to this country, this is also in book two, probably near the last chapters. When they first came to this country, it was the women who took charge of of health again because they saw unsanitary conditions in the, in the industrialized north. They knew that water what needed to be um, uh, taken care of and purified because the water that they were drinking was no longer clean because of industrial waste. They knew that as chemicals were being added to farms that they needed to do certain things to vegetables and fruits to make sure that they were not ingesting all of those chemicals into their bodies and into their children's bodies. Whether they were first getting pregnant with children because it goes right into them through your system or afterwards when they were teaching their children how to eat and drink and be merry. Um, we have a responsibility as people. And then we have a responsibility to stop the tyrants from doing what they are trying to do. And and I don't think a lot of people are taking that responsibility. You know, Nancy Pelosi needs to get out of office. She needs to get out. She sounds just like Clinton. If you heard her on television, we did not, I repeat, we did not get briefed on any waterboarding or enhanced interrogation techniques. Well... Sounds like I did not have. I repeat, I did not have sex with that woman. So she didn't get interrogated. She didn't get briefed. But now all the stuff is coming out. That sure she did, because she's a liar. But she made sure that she's, you know, she's on this vendetta against George Bush. And George Bush was no, no saint. Neither was Cheney. They're all politicians. They're all part of the same club. It's just a different slant here and there. Um, McCain was is was in Obama's pocket from the beginning. So you really didn't have a choice, did you? <laughs> you did during the primaries, but people didn't take that choice because they were propagandized into taking the wrong choices. Um, and then accepted it and said, oh yeah, this one won and that one won, so this is the choice we have between the two. That's that's how people are. You got Guantanamo, the first hundred days of the Obama administration, Guantanamo. Well, Okay, so I just told you what's going to happen with Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security, but we're going to let 240 real bad guys out of Guantanamo into our society and put them on welfare. You're paying for that. Now you're going to pay the people who want to kill you, behead you in front of everyone, um, so that they can get food stamps and welfare. Well, that sounds just like the welfare state that we have in the United States anyway. Those who are on welfare um, don't want to work. They're into drugs. They'll kill each other. They'll kill us. They'll do whatever they want to do and, and get away with it because they're on welfare. Then you go into race, okay? Those who are on welfare are not all black or all Latino. There are white people on welfare, but the stereotype and the propaganda is that we have done something horrible to all of these people, so they have to be on welfare, so they have no choice but to be pirates in, Somali, in Somalia or to be um, drug cartel coordinates in Arizona or to be street gangs in San Francisco and L.A. or New York. We did this to them. 
because we worked and they didn't. Because we made money and they didn't. Because we decided to get educated. Whether anybody paid for that or not, you know, most of the people I went to college with, we, we took out the loans and we repaid them because we worked our butts off. And I mean it. I mean, when I, I was in college, I was working at IBM. 19 hours a day sometimes. 98 hours a week. And I still went to college. And I still got out in three years. And I was still Phi Beta Kappa. Because I applied myself. I had a work ethic. I came from a background that said, this is your country. You work and you earn the right to be here. But we have, you know, a lot of people who think that they deserve to have a house regardless of what they've done. To own a car regardless of if they earned it or not. To be paid for everything that that um, they need, whether that's, you know, extra beer or more cigarettes or extra drugs or 17 kids or whatever it is. We're supposed to pay for that. Where do you think it comes from? It's not going to, it's, we're right, we're bankrupt. It's not going to come from anywhere anymore. There's no place else to go. But we're going to. We're going to let people out of Gitmo because he said so. And now we don't know where to put them. Most other countries won't take them. There's a reason for that. Now, the 700 or more have gone back to their original countries, and about 12% of those have gone right back into terrorism and, and probably have killed somebody that you knew. Uh, whether that's, and it doesn't have to be in Iraq or Afghanistan. It can be anywhere where a soldier... Um, or even a civilian employee of some government has been killed because we let, had to let these people go. And I'm not trying to sound like Cheney. Do I believe in torture? I don't believe in torture. But I believe in doing what you need to do if you feel that you need to do it to get it done. Pelosi did too. But now she doesn't. <laughs> because it's convenient to not agree and to have a distraction where you're going after some administration for doing this and that and the other um, and then pushing all of your spending and taxation on the other side. It's 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 a game, people, and you're not paying attention. Um, wow, the stimulus bill, look at that. How many? 3.8 trillion? Huh? Okay, that's created about 5,000 jobs. Most of the jobs that it has created is for illegal immigrants. So... Meanwhile, Detroit's lost how many thousands of jobs? Um, um, and a lot of other cities because they're associated with Detroit. Um, the budget and the deficit that everybody passed except the Republicans is going to cause us $84 billion in, in interest a year regardless of what we do. And that's just, that's just interest. You wouldn't take out a loan for that. You wouldn't do it in your personal life. If you're having trouble right now struggling, let's say you can't make you know, all the bills every month and, and you're cutting back on food or, or vacations or turning off the lights more or whatever to save on utilities, whatever it is, are you, you make a certain amount of money per month. Are you going to go take out a loan for 100,000 times that amount of money and pay the 18 or 68% interest on that loan for how long? Until you die, of course, and then that... that <laughs> that loan the way it is is going to pass on to your children and they have to pay it. And of course the interest rates will go up. And then it goes up again because they won't be able to pay it off either. So their, their children will have to pay it. 
and it goes on and on until everybody shoots themselves because uh, otherwise by that time there'll be a debtor's prison set up again like there there was in the old days where people who didn't know how to pay their debts they got put in prison so half the population of the world will be in prison and the other half will be owned by the countries who are waiting in line to take over and we sit back and say oh I don't believe that that's impossible that would never happen here well they said it would never happen here either that planes would fly into the World Trade Center and if you think it's an inside job fine okay I don't believe that um, uh, Bush and Cheney you know hired people to go in the planes and fly them in the World Trade Center <laughs> there is some evidence that the that the structure should not have collapsed so there was something else going on but what about the inside job the other way around what about the fact that that um, people who want to destroy our country and destroy our financial systems and and really kill Americans um, we're inside that building anyway I mean I had a good friend who actually was an employee of mine at one point who changed jobs changed companies and he it was his first time in New York he was in World Trade Center Tower number two and um, when all of this happened and uh, the uh, system told them to leave and then the system told them to come back and when he was supposed to go back he said no I'm going to listen to what Raina always told me and go with my heart and he left the building and as he was um, oh I don't know how far he was away from the building when it came down but but he wasn't that far away from it and he'll never forget it that he listened to his heart instead but the point was is that all of a sudden all of the the exit doors were locked and the voices on the speakers didn't sound like the same old voices that were always there telling people to go back to their desks they weren't um, good old white American voices I'll tell you that and he would tell you that too he hid out for for a long time because everybody wanted to interview him but you know you start fearing for your life because people people will do things to you if you tell too much and they can do what they want to me if I tell too much come after me I don't care um, I'll make it as visible and public as possible so maybe some more people will learn what's really going on but anyway that whether you believe that or not um, th these kinds of things have happened and we need to get involved enough and not on one side or the other but involved enough to change it what do you know about acorn oh you heard about acorn and they you know you know it's it's all because it's people don't want black people to be registered to vote well, give me a break now when Barack Obama was a young senator in Illinois he did grassroots organizing to get more black voters registered and that's how acorn be really began to grow acorn is not this one little group of people and volunteers and low low paid um, workers who run around door to door you need to understand what acorn is their address is in Louisiana and if you look at where their address is it's an old funeral home probably though maybe 3,000 square foot house from that address 270 organizations and associations are housed there 270 because they have this network and this web of corruption that just expands from there all across the world and back to Washington um, they got more than 8.6 billion dollars in stimulus but people who have been pushed out of acorn and some of them have disappeared by the way but there's nothing in the mainstream media to tell you that but the ones who haven't disappeared yet who are voicing what's been going on will tell you they don't know where that money is 
They can't find it. They can't account for it. There's no accounting for it. Um, more than 72,000 acornites will be doing the census. So I guarantee you that states and districts all over the country will be redrawn and that money will go to only those that have high Latino and black, um, Chinese, Asian uh, populations because white people make money already because they work. So they don't need any. <laughs> if you could see what's going on with the stimulus bill right now in certain states and you really did that kind of, of research, you'd be appalled. The places that need the money the most are not getting it. Not the, not, you know, I'm not saying that Harlem needs it more than Manhattan. I'm saying that there's places out there where people have lost thousands and thousands of jobs that need the stimulus money. They don't get it. But the places that the government has decided are pockets of um, illegal Latinos and and drug stuff and all these things, all these little pockets. And I, I know I'm, I'm going to get accused of being racist again, but this is the truth. This is reality. This is life. This is what we have made it. This is what you have made it. Um, there are these pockets, and those are the pockets getting the money because we've got to spread the wealth around and make sure they get the money because they never had it. Uh, and it goes on and on. And on. And Acorn's supposed to get another four and a half billion dollars. Uh, find out who's in charge of Acorn and who they're affiliated with. And I'll know that Barack Obama was on the board, okay, the Foxwood board that gave them more money and taught them how to do community organizing. And this is where he gets his community organizing collective headset from. Collectivity, by the way. When you hear the collective headset, collectivity is a Marxist term. I used to be in a collective way back in 1971. I understood what a collective did. The Board of Governance, for instance, decided after years almost of, of debate and talking what was right and what was wrong. And the collective did everything together and spread the problems around and spread the work around. And then you were supposed to also spread the wealth. Of course, there was no wealth and collectivity in those days. Um, but I studied it because I wanted to know what the difference was. I was young enough to say, okay, I understand capitalism, the free market system. I don't like imperialism that much. I, I probably would have been isolationist in, in the early 40s and 30s before people lost that train of thought. Um, I would have thought more of isolating and closing our borders and just doing bartering with other countries and not being involved in all their political affairs and everything else. I would not have expanded to global economies and, and all that. I, I just am not that kind of person. But, okay, so I understood all of that, and I wanted to understand why all these people on campus were doing what they were doing. Uh, I got involved with Title IX, which was allowing... Um, um, open education for both men and women. That was, I, I was more of a feminist, I guess, than anything else, because women, of course, had always been considered property, and now they, now they're not even, um, they don't even consider themselves uh, um, wealthy property. They just go out and, and sell their bodies, not even sell them. They give them away for nothing, and and act like they want to be as bad as as some men can be with their mouths and their and their actions and all this stuff. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. They were you were all on a pedestal at one point, which was a good thing, and you had reverence for yourself just like you had reverence for for your mothers and now you don't have it anymore. But 
Anyway, so I was a feminist at that point and, and wanted to do good things for women. I taught um, women in crisis. I taught women in contemporary society to help women get through um, being battered and get through the, the drug stuff and get through uh, uh, what it meant to be uh, raped um, and had friends who were raped. And, and you know... I'm, I had friends in the military who were raped when I was in the Marines. So, I, so of course, I had that headset. I wanted to learn that stuff. Um, but I'm not like Obama. <laughs> I didn't learn it and say, okay, let's bring it to this country and really destroy capitalism and turn this into a socialist nation so that we can be like Cuba and Russia and um, Spain and, and all of the European countries that are just going under because of what they've done as far as collectivity and socialism go. Um, I didn't say that. What I did is I watched a film by Warren Beatty that had Diane Keaton in it called Reds, and it was about the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, because when you study Marxism and Leninism, you learn about the Bolshevik Revolution and Marxist-Leninism stuff. And so I watched the movie called Reds, which is all about that. And he went to Russia and tried to bring all that stuff here with unions, and um, and tried to crash different unions and all those different things. But but his wife Diane Keaton, who who was foreign against foreign against, and wasn't supposed to be as smart. I mean, she couldn't write the same way that that he could. Um, came back to Congress and said, Yeah, of course, you know, socialism is a good thing. And they said, You want socialism in America? And she goes, No, it would never work here. That's not what America's about. And that's exactly the right answer. Yeah, socialism in some places was necessary, I suppose, to get rid of the chaos and, and everything else that was going on. But that's not American. That's not for here. That's not what we need. That's not what this country is about. It's not what it was founded on. It's not a democracy here. And we keep saying we're going to spread democracy. Well, we're not a democracy in the first place. It's not supposed to be majority rule. That's not what this country was built on. It was built as a republic. Do you remember the pledge? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. The republic. That's for the people. Government, leave us alone. We are the people. If we need you, we'll call you. Otherwise, we're going to create our lives. We want to live with Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That means live our lives, be free, and pursue happiness. Without you, Mr. Government, you're not there to regulate everything we do and and make us pay for the expansion of you through our tax dollars. That's why we had a revolution in the first place, to stop the taxation of King George, to stop the regulation of everything that was happening uh, in the Americas. We said, no, you're not going to tell us who we can go see if we're sick and who we can talk to and and which paper we can read and which paper we can write. You're not going to do those things. We're going to have freedom of speech. We're going to have freedom of the press. We will have the right to bear arms in case we do elect a government that is as tyrannical as you are. We will have the right to bear those arms and, and take up those arms if we need to. The Bill of Rights, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, none of them say this is a democracy. They say it's a republic, and the people have to take control and bring back the republic before we lose it all. Once it's lost, it'll take centuries and centuries to get it back. Once it's lost, it's gone. Don't, you know, don't pave the forest and hope that the trees will come back, because it won't. It takes forever for that to happen. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, healthcare reform, if we all took 
our own responsibilities. We wouldn't be running to the doctors. There wouldn't be as much demand for tests. There wouldn't be any demand for pharmaceutical drugs, and things would change drastically. Um, doctors would have to be more holistic in nature. Um, the tests that they gave would be limited because we already can look in our eyes or at our fingernails or know our patterns or or whatever and know what's going on at least 90% of the time. You don't need x-rays, you don't need MRIs, you don't need all that stuff. You wouldn't have the major diseases like cancer. Cancer is just the body trying to survive through all the stuff you've done to it, whether you did it on purpose or not. It's the proliferation of cells to survive because that's what our bodies are here for, to survive, to harbor the soul. Um, so we wouldn't have major diseases anymore. We wouldn't have epidemics like the swine flu. Give me a break. I told you last podcast, you know, just wash your hands and stay in clean air and and uh, take the stuff that you need to take like essential oils and vitamins and drink good water and eat good food and you won't get the swine flu. Nobody around here has it. I don't have it, you know, and I had whooping cough as a child. Whooping cough has come back as a new disease. I had whooping cough, but so I've got, um, I guess what you'd call, um, not an immune system that's, that's, that's weakened, but my, my respiratory or respiratory system, uh, was weakened as a child because I had whooping cough and pneumonia and all those things. I mean, I grew up in a, as a very young child in a in a, a smoking of environment, my parents both smoked two packs a day, and they owned a restaurant and a bar, and I grew up there. So you know, I caught pneumonia a lot and bronchitis and all those things. So I I have an impaired respiratory system, and I travel all over the place, and I see clients and I see people all the time, and I didn't get the swine flu. That was a big scare, wasn't it? But while you were being scared about the swine flu, they swore in. A health and human services secretary, Catherine Sebelius, who who is really screwed up in her head about what to do with health care and screwed up her taxes, but you didn't care anymore because there was a crisis. And now that she's sworn in and GE is getting involved with Dashiell, you don't have to worry about swine flu anymore. You don't even hear about it anymore. Another swine flu case over here, so one person died. Well, 2,000 or more people die every year from regular flu. And we don't hear too much about that either, do we? Please get informed. Please, 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 please start telling people. Start talking to people. Share this information. Put it on a CD and stick it in your car. Give it to people. Put it on a CD and give it to friends who don't have iPods or computers. Get this information out there. Tell them, you know, you don't have to watch Fox News, but you should probably because you need to see both sides. You need to understand Really, what's happening out here with propaganda and this coup that has gone on? You need to go to earthwalk-usa.com and go on the news pages, the um, social issues pages, the Obama crimes pages, along with the other pages that teach you about products for alternative health and, and get your friends to do the same thing because otherwise we're, lo- we're lost and there's no going back. You know, if you've ever been in a subdivision where they, they plowed down all the trees, so they could build a house and a and a and a driveway, um, and then wondered how long it was going to take for all the trees to come back. That's what you're going to see here. Everything that we built, everything we fought for, everything I laid my life on the line for when I was in the military, everything my grandparents came to this country and built is going away. Um, not being changed. We didn't get change. What we got was destruction. 
So it's going away, and it'll never come back. Not in your lifetime or your great-grandchildren's lifetime, anyway. Uh, so it's up to you. You know, this health care reform is only one issue. We've already screwed up the stimulus and the budgets. We've already allowed um, Pelosi to do her thing. You know, she's third in line for the presidency. <laughs> so, you know, if something happened to Obama and um, and Doofus there... Pelosi would be the President of the United States, so she's the most powerful woman in the world. And uh, you all allowed that to happen. And then, so we have new elections, and what do people do? They elect Democrats. I don't mind being, I was, I voted Kennedy. I was a Democrat then. I didn't vote for Nixon. Okay? And then I voted for Ross Perot. I wasn't a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, I did vote for one of the Bushes, and then I didn't. <laughs> you know? But I knew, and I told people, and I told you, um, for a year, two years actually, before Obama even became the president, two years before he became president, I told you my country was dying. I saw the books at Amazon and I said, this guy's going to run for office and he's going to use this baloney and he's going to win. And sure enough, it happened. <sighs> okay. And also, protect your, um, you know, protect your friends with this union check card stuff because the privacy of a vote is something that's fundamental to being American and people will not have that privacy anymore. Uh, that'll force, it'll force people to sign things because they don't want to die or get harassed and become a union so that the union bosses can have more control, which is the government having more control, which allows them to make a lot of money and change the way the world is. Um, at least have a choice as an American. That's what you were, were born here to do is to have some freedom of choice. Okay, I'm done. This is uh, Raina G. with the Holistic Health Hotline. Uh, holistic Health does involve the mind, body, and spirit, the mentality, and the emotions of everything that's going on globally from a Native American perspective. Um, so thanks for listening. And come back in about a week. Take me about a week to get back.